All right, Carrie, would you pray for our time in the Word? Yeah. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that we have the honor and the privilege of coming together, God, here on the, the last day of the year, Father. We honor you, Father, with all that we have. We pray, God, that as we enter into this time of worship and song and then hearing your word, Father, that we would have uh, ears that would hear, God, that we would be open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, God, that we would be encouraged in our walk with you, that we would be excited about this new year and all that would come, Father. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have, that you've given us one another. As brothers and sisters in Christ, you've given us the opportunity to live this life and walk it out together, Lord. We thank you for your word. We honor it. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, for your work in our life. So God, we um, come expectant this morning, God. Pray that you would uh, strengthen Rob for all that you have called him to share with us this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> amen. Amen.
Come, 
Father, I do pray, Lord, that that would be our prayer. That no matter the cost, Lord, Father, that we would run after you. That we would seek you. That we will throw off the sin that so easily entangles us, God, that we would be the people of God. Called out of darkness and brought into your marvelous light. The people whom you've redeemed from the hand of the enemy, no longer bound to to sin, but made alive through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Sin no longer would be our master. The wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. So awaken your people, Lord. Father, whatever it takes, no matter the cost, Come, Lord, and have your way among us and in us and through us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Application. It's the same effort, hard work from the root word apply. Final, Final Sunday, 2023. Last time you'll hear this introduction on application, but oh, how I pray that you are applying God's truth to your life. You've had a year now, and as I've encouraged you, if you're not applying the truth, if you're recognizing you're just holding a form of religion and you're denying his power to transform you, well, then repent. Because it's his loving kindness that leads you to true repentance, sincere regret, remorse, a hatred for sin, and a desire for righteousness that in and of yourself you cannot cultivate, but it's the Spirit of God in and through you who has drawn you closer to God, and God is pleased to reveal himself to you through Jesus that you might be saved. Set apart to do the will of the Father, to understand the urgency of the hour, to let go of your old life, your old desires, your old wants, your old relationships, everything that was old. Because everything now is new in Christ, and that's what you're growing in. You're maturing in, or at least you should be. You are a new creation. So application is vital to the Christian life. And so giving one's full attention to a task to work hard. Everything out there, everything within you does not want you to mature and grow as a Christian. Remember, the war is against your soul. 
The war is to destroy you. It's the enemy that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life and abundance. And it's not the abundance of this material world, but of the eternal. The wholeness, the value of who you are. And who you were always purposed to be before you were placed in your mother's womb. That your eyes have been opened. And you recognize you're just passing through this temporal world. But you're here not for yourself, but for Christ and for his kingdom, for his glory. It's all for him. So it's sustained effort. It's hard work. And yet we make it about us. We want church the way we want it. We want it in the time frame that we want it. Give us how we want it. Do for us, do for us, do for us. And that's not the church, you all. That's not even Christianity. And yet that's what's out there. That's what's consuming people, leading people to hell. Thinking that they are saved. And yet there hasn't even been a rebirth within them. There's no sustained effort. There's no hard work. There's no denying self, dying to self, picking up your cross and following him. It's nothing but complaining, murmuring, fault fighting, backbiting, <laughs> bound by deception, bound by lust, bound by anger, bound by division, bound by strife. <laughs> and that's just among this small fellowship much less what's going on in the greater fellowship throughout the earth. <clears throat> and we're just get up, poof, I'm a Christian. I'll just get through my day. And yet we don't even know the first thing about surrendering. We don't know the first thing about serving and thinking of others before we think of ourselves. You know, it's like a broken record. But yet, when we see in the New Testament, the church is constantly being reminded of who she is because the enemy's on the attack. She's been infiltrated. So the church is constantly has to be reminded who she is. And she cannot know truly who she is unless she truly engages in intimacy with who he is. And that's sustained effort. That's hard work. That's just not in your little 10 minutes, little two minutes, little flippant prayer that you throw up. Or your little works that you think you do and, and here and whatever. No, it's sustained effort. It's a maturing that comes forth. This is application. The days are getting evil and more evil and more evil. And you may not like this New Year message you're going to hear. But the reality is what's coming is unlike anything we've ever seen before. We've had a year or more to prepare. What have you done with your heart? What have you done with Jesus? What have you done with your Christian life? How have you impacted the kingdom? How have you advanced the kingdom? 
Are you still on the mat? I opened up last year. I said to the majority of you all, do you want to be healed? As Jesus speaks to us, do you want to be healed? As it is with this small fellowship, as it is with the church at large, there's only a small percentage who desires to truly be healed. The rest, we love our mat. We love our mat. Do for me, do for me, do for me, do for me, do for me. (laughs) God help us. God help us. It's not Christianity. It's not Christianity at all. So application. Applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. And truly applying it. It's not you and Jesus. No, it's Jesus. You're to deny yourself. You're to die yourself. It's all Him. There's no room for you. It's all Him. You're to grow and you're to mature and your life is to become a reflection of Him. That's the gospel. That's Christianity. That's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit within you because you received Jesus. Unless you want to keep mocking Him. Stripping Him down, making Him common. Treating the Holy Spirit as if He's like every other spirit that's out there. Oh, we got to wake up. Because what's looming, what's coming, and it's not, it's not to, ooh, he's... Oh, he's trying to scare us. No, it's not about scaring anyone. If you read the end of the book, if you truly have faith in Christ, if you truly understand what's coming, we win. I don't know if you read Revelation. I don't know if you truly understand what's there. Even when Satan is unleashed and he's allowed back. To deceive many, and he gathers the armies of the world to attack God and the people of God. Lest you think there was a great war coming, oh no. Lest you did not read your Bible, when that happens, fire falls down. It's done. Some of us really need to know who our God is and who we truly have surrendered our lives to because he was pleased to reveal himself to us through his son Jesus. And that is what you're going to stand before him and give an account. All your religious works, all your religious sways, your ha ha ha, your he he he, and oh my goodness, and la la la, all of this stuff, all this weird stuff, all your fake tears, all your weird manipulation, all your whatever you do, all in the name of Jesus. You're serving a little God because it's not Jesus. (laughs) And you realize he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's holy. He's set apart. He's eternal. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. There's no one like him. And we want to be flippant about him. Application is the duty of all Christians. If we don't apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book. 
an impractical collection of old manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you when we apply the Bible. God himself, God himself, God himself is with us. Is with us. The degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. (laughs) Application implies action. And obedient action is the final step of causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of scripture enforces and further enlightens our study And it also serves to sharpen our discernment, helping us better distinguish between good and evil. Good and evil. I can't live your Christian life for you. (laughs) There's nothing in me that can do anything for you. Only God brings us about in us. It's God. It's it's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus, the one who was sent to deliver us, who, who took our punishment, who laid upon us for those who believe his righteousness, that we might be in right standing, reconciled back, To the God in which we were in complete rebellion with. Nothing of ourselves. But all of Christ. What he begins in us. He is faithful to complete. I'm encouraged just over the past few weeks. Deception leads to doubt. Doubt leads to the hardening of the heart. Application is vital. Oh, the seeds of doubt that are sown. The enemy is working overtime. The world system is working overtime. Your own very flesh wants the destruction of your soul. And you find it hard to apply truth, to live truth, to walk truth, to know truth. To love truth. Because evil entices you. The the desires of your heart entices you. (laughs) The family dynamics and all your woundings and brokenness and everything that has defined you, you still cling to. But I love Jesus. No, that's not loving Jesus. That's making a mockery of Jesus. <laughs> Application is vital. We're to be the people of God doing the will of God for the glory of God. Because the earth is getting darker. Judgment is coming. The wrath of God has been stored up and it's about to be unleashed. I don't know the day, I don't know the hour, but I can certainly recognize the times. 
and we're just giving lip service. We're just doing things the way we want it done. Well, I'm not taking that serious. I don't have to be the one doing all of that. Who says? Where do you see that? You can't make it up any longer. I know, Norma, you prayed earlier about what's happening in Nigeria, slaughtering of Christians. It's unbelievable what's happening around the earth to Christians. And in the West, we're promoting (laughs) this warped Christianity that poof, everyone's a Christian. And you can just attach whatever your desires are, whatever your lifestyle is, whoever you are, to Christianity, and God's okay with it. Wow. This is what you're up against every day. This is what you have to stand for every day. Truth. Like, so when they're shoving down our throats in the church that we're going to be okay with Christian pedophiles. Mm. Call them Christian pedophiles. Mm. Oh, that's coming. Uh, the article's already been sent about a month ago. It's being embraced. And if the church doesn't embrace it, something's wrong. That's what we're being told. And we just don't point our fingers at them because we have our Christian gossipers. <laughs> We have our Christian device, division, those who cause division. No, they are, everyone's a Christian, and I can just still keep doing and living how I want. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an angry Christian. We're all just everything and then a Christian. And somehow we think that's Christianity. Oh, there's a rude awakening coming. There's a rude awakening coming to the Western church. We're being lulled asleep. We're actually being slaughtered in the spirit. Our brothers and sisters overseas, they know what it means to be a Christian. They know what it means to stand for truth. They know what it means that your life changes. You don't bring all your junk and carry on. No, your life changes. And it may not be changed overnight, but there's a reality of maturing. There's a hunger. There's a desire. There's truth. They forsook everything for Christ. Because they know by accepting Christ that their days on this earth are sealed. Because their government hates them. Employment. Employers hate them. They have, no, they have no way of fitting in to their little villages. But they won't deny Christ. And the enemy knows that. So he slaughters them physically. Kill them. Kill them. As they're standing in church worshiping, kill them. But over here, 
are safe. Everyone's a Christian. Just keep going about your ways. Keep going about your days. Keep going about all your brokenness and junk that keeps you bound. But trust me, he's going to pounce on you. And if he doesn't get you, the wrath of God's going to swallow you up because you're going to be counted among the damned. That's the reality. You don't love Jesus. Jesus is not your all in all. This is the reality. And yet, preachers all over have to get up today and try to pump up the crowds, giving them look forward to this new year because that's what the itching ears want to hear. Oh. But you're not going to find that anywhere in Scripture because the day of wrath is stored up and the earth is getting darker. And if you're not in Christ, if you're not in Christ, if you're not in Christ, if you're still on the outside running amok, oh, you're no different. You're no different. So what? So what? You think you are. So what? If what Christ has accomplished has not impacted your life, if you are not growing more and more and more in love with him and letting go of all of the foolishness, the folly, the mental mindsets, everything that was once behind you, like see, your Christian life in this hour, it costs you something. It'll cost your family. It'll cost your friends. It may even cost you jobs. It may even cost you just your livelihood. And we're just supposed to, pastors are just supposed to get up and make you feel better. No. For a year and more, but that's just consider this year I have encouraged you all encouraged you all get up from your mat if you want to be healed and if you don't stay down your choice listen not everyone's coming to Jesus not everyone wants to live this life in Christ they like the little gods even the ones that look like Jesus but they don't want Jesus. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But listen, I'm looking for the people of God who want to do the will of God for the glory of God. I'm tired. I'm tired of all of this craziness that continues to go on in this small little fellowship so-called believers. 
who have no desire to grow up. So, before I move on to the message for this new year, listen, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Go find you another fellowship. Go sit somewhere else. Go take up the time and the space somewhere else. And hopes and hopes and hopes that you would truly begin to grow as a believer. But all this weirdness, I'm going to start calling out. And it may not be like how you want to call out. But we're done. I'm done. I'm done with the devil. I'm done with the flesh. I'm done with craziness. And you just expect me and everyone else just to go along with it. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Like I'm telling you. This year coming up, we are to be the people of God, doing the will of God for the glory of God. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 7. I want to conclude before I move into the word that I want to encourage you with in this upcoming year. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 7. I want you to hear the words of Jesus. We're going to conclude the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' words. The best sermon that was probably ever preached. (laughs) Giving his followers insight and understanding on how they're to be living. And yet we hear these words and yet we twist them to benefit our own needs. And so I would say as we have read through the Sermon on the Mount and concluding it today, he who has ears, let him hear. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will just trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. The way and the standard by which you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Remember, Throughout the New Testament, we are to judge what's happening in the inside of the church, not the outside. And the standard by which we judge is not the standard that man has set, but by his standard. It doesn't say 
not to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. It says, deal with the log in yours first. Then you will be able Jesus' words you are. So keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or they ask for a fish. Do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, ah, listen to this. How much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? He's not one of us, you all. (laughs) He's God. He's good. He's faithful. His love endures forever. He's a good God. He's a good dad. He's a good father. He knows what he has for us. We can trust him. Do to others what you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the laws and the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The hell, the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. These are Jesus' words. The highway to hell is broad. It's wide open for many, and I love this, who choose that way. You, you understand, listen, it's your choice. It's you. It's not what has been done to you. It's not this. It's not that. It's not all this weird junk that you've got going on in your life. <laughs> it's not what happened way back over here. It's you. It's not even the devil. It's you. You're responsible. You're not going to stand before Jesus and say, well, it was that devil. You know, he was just too hard. Ooh, he was too spooky. He was so deceptive. He deceived me. Oh, he blinded my eyes. Oh, is that world system. And everything that they tried to hand to me. Oh, it was my old nature. Like, you understand how foolish that all sounds. When Jesus, because he came, he died, and he rose again, he ascended, he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, the Spirit of God, the the Spirit of God, God Himself now is in within His people. And we still have all the excuses. 
and why we have chosen the broad road to hell. I mean, serious. The gateway to life. To life, you all. To life. That's what I'm telling you. I'm living in 2024. You come and you try my patience. You try me. You try to sap life for me. No, I'm telling you boldly into your face. Get behind me, Satan. Because you're playing games. You're manipulating. You're acting a fool. You just want to keep going around and dancing. Listen, I danced with the devil in the pale moonlight. Been there, done that. I'm not dancing anymore. I'm tired of it. All for the sake of loving people to Jesus. No, 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 no. <laughs> I said, what is this that they're spinning? Life, you all. You all better start protecting life. Y'all better start protecting what you've been entrusted with instead of just tossing it aside and becoming subservient to all these little gods who's ruling everyone and everyone and everything else. And start standing upright. Well, that's going to offend people. And? And? Well, I don't know if that's loving. Really? What's loving is your codependency. What's not loving is your codependency, I should say. What's not loving is, is your weird, warped soul ties that you have. Even with family. Well, aren't we just blood? No, Christ's blood is greater than any physical blood. We're talking about life, you all. Life. Here today, gone tomorrow. Jesus says, only a few ever find it. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious, vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. True disciples. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. <coughs> Only those. Who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. So where have you been this year? Where have you been this week? Listen, it's God's love 
that pierces our hearts to, to really expose it for what it is so that we can have an opportunity to repent. Not to beat us down, not to keep us like, oh, I'm such a bad Christian. Oh, God's going to get... It's not about that, you all. He wants you freed. He wants you delivered. He wants you to experience the fullness of life. It is His compassion. It is His mercy towards you. It is His love towards you. He is calling you upward. And you keep stiff-arming Him. Are you doing the will of the Father? On Judgment Day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Oh, he's a bad God. No, no, no. He's a just God. You see, not everyone's getting in. And why we pretend everyone is getting in is beyond me. We ought to love people enough to share with them the good news. To live before them the life in which we have been called to live. Again, it's not a perfect life, but it's a maturing life. And we don't use grace in itself to cheapen and to make Christ so common that we just stay in bondage to our sin. No grace is the power to transform us. Because we're not doing this in and of our own flesh. What we've received in the Spirit must be lived out in the Spirit. So ask yourself, how did you depend upon the Spirit of God this week? What opportunities did you give him to live and work in your life? To minister to others. <clears throat> well, what is the will of God? Look at Jesus' life. Because that is what you're to be emulating. This is reality. If we're truly, if we're truly saying who we believe in, if not, if not, then we're fools. Stop it. Go run amok. Be among the damned. Because that's where you're going to end up. If you don't see what's happening, if you're constantly, constantly resisting him and somehow praying it off as if it's got, as if he's okay with it. Oh, God, forgive me, but, but, that's demonic. And you expect us, and you expect me as your shepherd to let you just keep running them up with demons. Because lest you get offended and your feelings are hurt. I mean, come on. Oh, but you, but, well, Lord, but, 
Well, God, God, you understand. What does he understand? That you're resisting him and he's supposed to be okay with it? Like he's just supposed to back up and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. You have your way. What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, do you know him? Have you read it? (laughs) He's revealed himself to us. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Oh, they were amazed. (sighs) Superstar Jesus. Now feed us, Jesus. Do for us, Jesus. I mean, they just heard from God himself. (laughs) And they just kept chasing after him for him to do for them. Do you understand? Not only does the word of God reveal who he is and his character, but it reveals who we truly are and our character. That's why I said man would never write this. And somehow, some way, you've gone through 2023. Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> I've checked it off. I did my little thing. I went to church a few times. But do you realize your church attendance, when it's here and there, when you want to show up and sit among. If that's what you consider church, something's wrong with you. The church, she's the bride of Christ. She knows her identity because she knows who he is. And let me tell you something. She will not let anyone or anything get in the way of her love for him and for what he loves the church you all and then you wonder where people are at why people aren't giving why people aren't serving why people can't make it upstairs why people can't be involved to build a community why it's not going any further <laughs> look around Look around. 
well, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I was offended by this person, and that person tried to correct me on this, that person tried to correct the kid on this, and that I don't like how that is, and I don't this, and oh my goodness, and then Rob, and everyone's got all these excuses. <laughs> Why the hell are you here? Go, go, flee, run as fast as you can. Because you're divisive. And I've tolerated it for this year. I've gave everyone an opportunity. But I'm hungry, you all. <laughs> I'm hungry for the things of God. I'm hungry to, to, for fresh wind and a fresh fire. I'm hungry for fresh souls who have a hunger and a thirst for God. Because the Holy Spirit's out there. He's wooing. He's drawing people. And I'm like, what on earth? If I keep hearing the chatter. See, I'll thank y'all talking to people who, who don't email me or text me. <laughs> and I stay silent because I go, oh God. Really? Oh God. Really? Oh God, really? <clears throat> and I say, wow, what are you doing? Why are you here? Because it's done, you all. If you think 2024 is going to be the same, oh, it's not. It's not. Listen. I don't get up here on a Sunday for me. I don't. I don't go and I don't prepare and I don't. I don't seek on behalf of of, of, of the Lord to prepare and, and to God. What do you have for us? Just for me to stand up here <laughs> for people who can think they can make it, think they want to be upstairs, think they want to be here, out, in, left, right, whatever, running amok. I go, what? And then I say, Lord, it's not even anything of me or the home. It's a matter of the heart towards you. You know, we just read here, you'll know people by their actions. You'll know the fruit in their lives. I said to a few people this week, I said, you're one way like this in front of me. Oh, everyone puts on a good show, puts on a good show, puts on a good show. But Lord, as soon as you have an opportunity to devour, I said, ooh, devil, look at you. Look at this. Look at, the, look at how it all works. And then I say, but it's no different than what it's been from the beginning. And so then as I sat and I sought and I prayed and I said, Lord, what do you have for us for 2024? The phrase and, and, and the weight that just kind of came upon me to really pray for all of us. That we would be reminded, and we're going to see scripture today, that we, will, we were brought with a price. 
See, your life is not your own, you all. That's the standard that needs to be raised up in 2024. Your life is not your own. And if you want to keep making about you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. I'm asking you nicely, please leave. I don't care who you are, what relationship you are to me. Please leave. Stop coming. Because it's not going to go well. We got to clean some house. And not just this house. But the hearts. Go to Malachi. Chapter 3. And chapter 4. I don't know if you've read Malachi. God's people in the Old Testament, the Jews, set aside. God brought them to himself. He chose them out of all the other nations. These are my people. His plan and his purpose will come through this nation. He instructed them. He was for them. He gave them all that they need and sustained them to keep them. And yet, and yet, and yet, they refused him. They refused him. Oh, there were some great people of faith throughout that period. The Spirit of God gripped. They had the fear of God. God raised up prophets. God used men and women to announce His judgment to announce his forgiveness if they would just turn back to him. He established how they are to worship him. And yet, and yet, and yet, they kept settling for false gods. They kept going back. They kept doing their thing. Chapter 3 of Malachi. Look, I'm sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord, uh, then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be but who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem as he did in the past. At that time, I will put you on trial. I am eager to witness against all sorcerers and adulterers and liars. 
I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages, who oppress widows and orphans, or who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. For these people do not fear me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the Lord. I do not change. That is why your descent that, that is that is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You're under a curse. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus. You're under a curse. For your whole nation has been cheating me, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse so there would be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. You see what he's telling these people? Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich and those who who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other and the Lord listened to what they said in his presence. A scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. They will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasures. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. The Lord of heaven's armies says, the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like the straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, But for you who fear my name, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go free 
leaping with joy like calves let out of the pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant. All the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for all Israel. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. And then, how many years of silence? 400. Until Jesus wept, cried out from the manger. (laughs) See how ignorant those people were. God kept revealing himself. God kept announcing the judgment that's coming. God kept announcing his mercy and his hopes that they would return to him. And as it is, as we look forward to a new year, God yet is announcing his judgment. Because the judgment starts in the house of God first. And then God extends his mercy yet again giving us yet another opportunity to truly repent, to truly be born again. These people had excuses. These people were living their lives. These people were tired of obeying God and getting nowhere. It's not working for me. Look how the wicked are prospering. Look at how these other people are prospering. They seem to have no issues in life. <laughs> See, I don't know what's keeping you from obeying God. I don't know what's keeping you from getting up <laughs> and declaring each day who you belong to. Who bought you? He paid for you. He paid for you. He made a way. And you want to keep demanding your way. You see, that was the Old Testament. They were given the law. They were told how they were to live. And all along through the Old Testament, it was pointing to Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith that did not do away with the law, but fulfilled the law. Fulfilled the law so that when the law is preached, we understand the fulfillment of it in Christ so that the veil doesn't go back over our eyes. Because all we hear is law, 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 law. The veil's over our eyes. (laughs) But when we recognize that the law is fulfilled in Jesus, we've been born again. We're of a new nature now. We're to be living differently now. We're to be thinking differently now. We've got to stop making excuses for our ignorance. We've got to stop making excuses for our lack of maturing. We've got to stop making excuses for just getting up and just stumbling through the day, saying a little prayer, doing my little devotion, doing all this thing, but your heart is not with Christ. Because you denied Him. 
seeds of doubt have been sown and you've given in. You've chosen the broad way. And oh, that you would hear the voice of the Lord on the brink of a new year calling you to himself. Return to me. Return to me. I am patient. I am kind. I am loving. Abide in me. Be healed. Be restored. In this world you will have trouble. But take courage. I've already overcame the world. You're going to be pressed in on every side. But you will not be crushed. You will be persecuted and hated. And dealt with harshly. <clears throat> but do not be afraid. I've purposed you. I've called you. I've claimed you. I knew you. I formed you. I fastened you. I numbered the hairs on your head. I've planned for you, for this generation, for the hour of darkness in which you're in. I purposed you to carry my light. And you just want to show up and show off your flesh and your addictions to demons and your petty little gods that you serve and you expect me and everyone else just to go along with you. Well, the devil is a liar. Listen, it is all-out warfare. Are you engaged in warfare? Well, that's, that's just too much Christianity for me. Okay. <laughs> Do what you want. Have it whatever which way you want. But I'm telling you, at least you've heard. <laughs> that's doctrines of demons. And you're among the damned. See... If you die today without repentance, without allowing truly the, the Holy Spirit to bring forth conviction, and you're just hardening your heart, you're continuing to... But I said it in a prayer 20 years ago. Who cares? What, what does that do? What does that mean? What does that mean? I was baptized 12 times. What the hell does that mean? I wrote a prayer journal. Who cares? I did this. I did that. And <laughs> Jesus is not your all in all. Oh, but I love him. I weep before him. I sing and I, I do all this stuff. But yet you're so divisive and you're so manipulative. <laughs> and you think that's Christianity? Oh, the bar has to be raised, you all. Because this is what we're up against. This is what we're up against. I don't know if you're watching what's going on. I don't know if you all are just so caught up and whatever. I don't know how you're praying. I do not, I do not know. But oh, how pretty that you are. You would truly see him for who he is. Listen, I, listen. I go through the same things you go through. 
It used to be very easy for me just to be like, oh, no, not today, God. Let me just rest. <laughs> let me just do, you know, let me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit just goes, it's urgent, it's urgent, it's urgent. But God, I'm working 15, 16 hours a day, God. I'm exhausted. Get over yourself, Rob. It's urgent. The hour's urgent. I don't have to get up so early. I'll do it when I get home. No, you won't. No, you won't. The hour's urgent. Get up an hour and a half earlier. Spend time with me. Going through the day. <coughs> don't get overwhelmed, Rob. You know, the spirit's quick right there. Stay focused. Stay focused. Look at me. Put this into practice. Be discerning of that one. Be discerning of this. Be discerning. Just live in you all. The same fight that comes against you comes against me, comes against the next person next to you. We're trying to build a community of believers who are saying, we're going to live differently. We understand the urgency of the hour. We're going to see his kingdom advance. We're going to cut ties. Those crabs that keep pulling us down. Y'all got to get out of the bucket in 2024. Oh, you're so mean. You sound so harsh. I care for your souls, you all. I don't care about... And you can take this forward. I don't care about your pathetic life. Listen. I have my own pathetic life. But they don't define me. And so stop trying to tag me along with you. Because you want to continue down your pathetic road. Of all my life. All my family. Oh my this. Oh my that. When you're not even making a decision to stand upright and say enough. I mean, come on, you all. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Enough's enough. We have got to be about our father's business. There is such an urgency within me that I can't shake it. Like when I'm telling you what's happening. I'm telling you the level of warfare that's coming. And you think it's okay for you just to keep nonchalant. Some of you prepare for your work day, for the clubs, for your lovers, for this and for that more than you prepare for Christ. And that's just the reality. Some of you just go about you living your life. I'll just take Christ when it's convenient for me. But for now, I'm going to take door number two. Maybe door number three. Because it looks convenient for me. Oh, listen, y'all. I don't know what you're doing. Trust me, I long for door two, for door three, for door 16. <laughs> but Lord, nothing can satisfy you with what's behind door one. <laughs> Christ is your all in all. We have to wake up. We have to wake up. Unlike any other time of 
period of time on this earth, we are about to be ushered in. And listen, and listen, the enemy's telling us what he's going to do. <laughs> that's why I discussed, that's why, that's why this place should be packed. With people you know, that you're inviting, that you're ministering to, that you're sharing with. Come, come, let's listen, let's listen. Let's reckon with one another. Let's hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> I'm not going, we're not going to have big productions and performances. No, we just want the word of God. We just want the word of God preached. We want the spirit of God to convict. We want the zeal for God and the love for God to grow. We want the kingdom of God to advance. And some of you can't have even sown a dollar. In this whole year. But I'm a Christian. Praise the Lord. I've got a prayer life. You're not even consistent with your giving. Well, you know, I've been all this other... And who doesn't? And who doesn't? We've put out needs. We've said this and this and that. And where is people? Where, where are you? Except the texts and the messages I get because of the... Junk your sand. I don't like the way they don't do it. It's ridiculous. Raising for an incredible missionary, a couple, for a whole month. I counted the things last night. I said, God, praise God for the little that we have. But God, shame on these people. Shame on them, Lord. They don't even sow in. They want to dictate behind my back and everyone else's back how they want and who they want. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, what? Well, I just can't. They don't. Fine. Whatever. Don't. But you realize that's part of your new Christian life. Well, how much should I give what the Spirit lays upon your heart? What makes you a cheerful giver? Give. <laughs> These people are doing the will of God. They got an incredible ministry over in Africa. And we have an opportunity to sow in. <clears throat> I'm taking your money just to have. You ain't paying my, you ain't paying me a salary. <laughs> I mean, come on, really? Every, every opportunity and every reason why people don't want to go to church, they're eliminated here, except the Word of God. The church just wants our money. Church this, church that. You know, this is supposed to be a community. This is supposed to be a family. This is, you know, this is what we're doing. This is how we're living. Because God has called us out of darkness. He's brought us into His marvelous light. And He's still working in us. We're not perfected. And so we're extending grace. We're encouraging each other. We're edifying each other. We're building each other up. When things will begin to expand. Things will begin to grow. Impact will begin to happen. But what are you doing? That's the reality. What are you doing? Our lives for the gospel. That's the standard. 
our lives for the gospel 24-7. And some of you won't even dare get up out of bed if a need came about. Oh, God, oh, God. Some of you don't even understand the concept of the ministry and the family and the church in which you say that you belong to. You make us look like a fool. Because people see your life. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I'm just supposed to stand here and be like, oh, love them. Love them to Jesus. Love them to Jesus. I'll just keep loving them. Okay, my earth. Like, what? How can we get out there and evangelize and bring people in? When they say, well, how long have you been a Christian? Well, for years. And then they see how you live. <laughs> they see what you do. And they see no correction in your life. They even see no genuine repentance. They, they, as Jesus says, they know you by your fruits. <laughs> I mean, come on, you all. So this upcoming year, remember you were brought the price, the precious blood of Jesus and to diminish that to lessen him to make him just another little God in this temporal world no, no that's not what we're doing any longer he's God, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 what time is it here? 12.06 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> Why did you read us Malachi? Because <laughs> I wanted you to see those people's hearts and their actions, even their words back to God, when God was trying to convict them, to draw them closer to him. <laughs> chapter 10. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by the cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happen. I've preached on this before. I've shared with this with you before. I want you to see it in this upcoming year. These things happen as a warning to us. So that we would not crave evil things as they did. Or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking. And they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test. Highlight that, circle that, take that in with you to 2024. As some of them did, and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble, as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us, O oh God, who live at the end of the age. 
this was written back to the Corinth church way back when. And if they were in, in near the end of the age, how closer do you think we are? <coughs> These things were written down for you, for me. If you think you are standing strong, be careful, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience and God is faithful. Not you, not me, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Are you enduring? Oh, how I pray in 2024 you will be. He makes a way out of every temptation. You're without excuse. You give in. It's your choice. What are you desiring, you all? I just desire. Because that's where sin comes from. The desires are from within. Your desire for Jesus should be increasing more and more, more and more. Well, then I'm not ever going to have enjoyed my life. Do you understand when you say these things, when you make all these excuses of why you don't desire Jesus more, Today than you did yesterday. <coughs> as I was reflecting the other day, as I was walking into work, dark outside, I was like, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, God, that you pulled me up. Thank you, Father, because God, ah, ah, bleh. I remember what I was like, not before Christ, <laughs> when I came to Christ. I remember those formative years. I remember the sin that so easily entangled me. I remembered, and I was like, oh, God, thank you that I love you more now than I did then. Thank you I'm going to love you tomorrow more than I loved you today. God, I just want you. 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 And thank you, God, for the men and the women that you brought along my path, that they look, they look different than all these other so-called Christians who live these weak-willed, pathetic, run-down, <laughs> demonic lives. But they had a hunger, these others. <laughs> and thank you, Holy Spirit, for the constant conviction to say, you may keep trying to wrestle me and fight me, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep pursuing you. Like he doesn't give up on us, you all. Just stop where you're at, repent, and turn to him. Get up and get moving forward. Live life, 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 life. He will show you a way out so that you can endure. So my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourself if what I'm saying is true. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from the one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Think about the people of Israel. 
Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? What am I trying to say? Am I saying that food offered to idols at, has some significance? Or that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. I don't want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. What? Do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we are stronger than he is? Yes, I say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. Hone in there. Meditate on that. Putting others first. Considering others before you consider yourselves. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation. If you want to, eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of the consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom, why should your freedom be limited by what someone else thinks? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I condemn, be condemned for eating it? Bottom line, he sums it up. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that they may be saved. Your actions, your purpose, that's what it's all about. For others to be saved. That's your motivation. When you get up and you go through your day and you lay your head down. You're thinking of others and hopes of seeing them come to salvation in Christ. You're putting all your other foolishness and your folly and your desires and everything else about your weird life dead. You've nailed it to the cross. And you're learning to live in a way that many may be saved. And he ends it by saying, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. He was dealing with some issues in the church in Corinth, city of idols. Jews were coming to Christ. Get beyond every, your education, everything you know, let it go, know Christ. Ultimately, the issue is Christ. Christ and more Christ and Christ and more Christ. It's all Jesus. Think and live in a way that honors Christ, that others might be saved. Think of the, think of the weird dynamics that you have going on in your life that you keep yoking yourself to because you refuse to apply truth in those areas. Well, I don't want to rock the boat. You're going to have to rock the boat. And unfortunately, you're going to have to throw some people off of it. 
You're going to have to draw the line in the sand and say no more. You're going to have to finally get up and be a Christian. Live for Christ. Doesn't mean you're out there fighting with people, you all. But what it does mean is that you recognize you wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with rulers and principalities in air and the darkness. And by no means are you going to become subservient to what other people are serving. Stand up. I don't have to fight with people. You want to live that way? Live that way. It's your choice. Here's Christ. This is what he offers. You want to continue to chase the temporalness of life? Then chase. You're not getting another ounce of my time or my being. When you're ready, the door is always open. But until then, have at it. Enjoy. Run amok. I'm not partaking in the chaos. Because we're family. Some of the people that you think that you are loving to Christ, you're actually, you're actually a stumbling block for them to get to Christ. And that's the reality that you all have got to wake up to. How can they get to Christ over your dead limp body that just holds a form of religion in front of them? No, start standing for Christ. Start living for Christ. Start honoring Christ. Start raising up standards. Oh, no. Again, you don't have to be nasty about it, but the reality is, no, I'm sorry. Start loving. Start serving. But stop playing. Stop playing. Get right. Get real. Be transparent. Sure, they may hate you. Sure, they may say whatever. It doesn't matter. Pray for them. Love them. Even when they accuse you, even when they say things about you, even when they do whatever. I'm not offended. I'm not wounded any longer. It used to be. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. But I can't allow that to be what defines me. I can only entrust the God who's created them, who loves them more than I will ever love them, to pursue them in hopes that they would return to him. So we gotta wake up, you all. We gotta wake up. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Twenty twenty four is about Christ, as every day and every year should be. But you must remember you were brought with a price. Your life is no longer your own. You want to keep living that way? Have at it. Go, go, go get your fill, go get your share, enjoy, blah. The standard, the gauntlet is being thrown down in the heavenlies. God's people, the true people of God, throughout the earth are rising up. They prophetically sense what is happening. They know what's coming. And once when it was good to, you know, whatever, we'd go along and, you know, we're still the little, no, 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 we're breaking up ground. 
But it starts here first. For yourself first. You can't, you're, no, you're not infected out there if it's not true here. How are you going to war over other people's lives when you don't even war over your own? I'm praying for them, but look at your life. I'm praying for them. Start praying for yourself. Good Lord. Get up. Have a backbone. Be set apart. Stop running amok. Stop yoking yourself to all this. Stop praying for a move of God upon your life. your life would have worth and value because of Christ. And then begin to pray. Then begin to seek. Then begin this realm. This realm. And this. That you might be able to stand and stand there for them. Because of Christ. Because you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. Some of you are taking the Holy Spirit to places he don't want to go. And somehow you think it's okay. Some of you are having conversations that the Holy Spirit is trying to shut your mouth, but you refuse to shut up. And you think it's okay. Holy Spirit is trying to encourage you to take thoughts captive because he's not going to force you. And you refuse to. You just keep pondering over and over. <laughs> and you're not even transformed. He's doing everything and you keep resisting him. What? We've made him so common. I'm like, what the heck, man? Like, I can't make this stuff up. I mean, just look at these other religions out there. Uh, they love their spirits. They love their guides. They love their gods. will die for them. And we just keep laying down and giving ourselves to anything and everything. That's not the people of God, you all. We serve the God, the only God, the true God, and we can't be flippant any longer. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. You say, I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Talking to you, Christian. You say food was made for the stomach and stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say... Corinthians 6, 19 through 20? Uh, 12. Sorry. 12, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 19 and 20 is what's on the notes. Alright, well I'm telling you it's 12 oh, okay. through 20. 12. Yeah, okay. So you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything. I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual morality. 
They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us up from the dead by its power. God will raise, I'm sorry, God will raise us from the dead by his power. Just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual morality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the, of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. And here is your scripture for 2024. For God brought you, bought you with a high price. So you must honor, honor God with your body. You must honor God with your whole being. You were bought with a price. You do not belong to yourself. You are to flee. You are to run. You are to throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. You are to endure. You are to persevere. Your character is to start being formed. You once were, but now you are. You got to be all in and not trying it in your own strength because you're not going to get far. This is a life dependent upon the Spirit of God. If you're truly a child of God, you've received the Holy Spirit. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. And you want to go into 2024. With what has held you in bondage in 2023. I dare say, please don't. <laughs> Choose life, you all. Choose to live. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. <clears throat> Verse 14 to 17. And God did all of this for you, you all. So that his purpose, his plan would be accomplished. Don't miss out on the second part of that statement. Some of us just like to say, well, God, God did this for me. And that's how we live our Christianity. It's all for me. Look what God did for me. So God, keep doing for me. Do for me, God. Do for me, church. Do for me. Do for me. Just accept me. Just it's me. It's me. It's all me. And it's nothing to do with you. Yeah, he did it for you. But to bring about his purpose, his plan, you didn't create yourself. He created you. He formed you in the secret places. He knew the hour and the day, and he knows the numbers of days you have breath in this body. <laughs> but there's a day coming when that last breath and you turn to dust. And how did you live your life? How did you live your life? Oh, how I pray that it's for the glory of God. Oh, how I pray it's for the glory of God. 
And if it wasn't, then I really don't know what you're doing. I don't. I, I really, it's, it's, all, it's beyond insanity. <coughs> insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expecting a different result. That's insanity. Some of you need therapists. Like mental, psychological, you know, Christian therapist. Because you keep these patterns going. It's insanity. It's insanity. Something is seriously wrong. Trust me, they wanted to put me away. Trust me, I know what it's like. But when I tell you the soundness of mind and heart that can come, oh, the enemy's tried and he will continue to try. When I tell you I know what my mind used to be like, I know what used to affect me and how I would turn and run amok. But when the peace of God, when God himself is for you, when he is your source, when he is your strength, when he is your comfort, when he's your peace, oh, how you can stand and stand there for then. When you have clarity of heart and mind that when thoughts come, you go, oh, no, I see you. See, I don't know how you're talking to yourself. I keep saying to y'all, you ought to be the best preacher you know. You ought to be pulling yourself in front of a mirror, start dealing with the old self. You better start dealing with the craziness and all these weird insecurities and all these weird hurts. Oh, you make light, please. Stop it. I'm not making light of it. I know the torment. I know the bondage. I know the abuse. I know all of the breakage and the brokenness. All of it. But that won't define me any longer. It won't. And not because of anything of me. Because in and of myself, I'll go pick it up and cloak it back on me. Because we like it. We like it. Feels good. <laughs> oh, because of Christ. Because why would I settle? Why would you settle to keep going back to vomit? Why are you settling for keep going back? Well, everyone else does. And if I don't go, what are they going to think? Who cares? Why are you living your life dependent upon your unsaved friends? Or your so-called Christian friends that really aren't Christians at all. Mind the other doors that are being offered to you. Mind the other little gods that are being prepared for you to come to their altars. Stand up. Christ died for me. And not only did he die for me, he rose from the dead. He defeated everything that was defining me. And as he did it for me, he just does it for us. So you choose this day whom you will serve. The eternal God or the temporal gods. Your old broken past. And your old broken family. Because we just love the drama. Or your chaos. Or your gossiping. Or your backbiting. Or your lust. Or your anger. Or your jealousy. Whatever it is. The lying. The whatever. The manipulation. Whatever. I said, Lord, I'm excited for what's ahead. I don't know what it all is going to look like, but I'm excited. I said, Lord Jesus, you've purposed me. 
you've planned for me. If you so see fit for me to have a breath after midnight, <laughs> you purposed me for this upcoming year, for this year of chaos. They're warning you already. Listen. Prophetically, and then listen to your own government. Listen to these other groups. Watch the evasion that's happening. Look around. See what's going on. And you just want to, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Listen, y'all. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. You are a minister of the new covenant. This is your identity. You don't need to have a title on your name. You're a child of God. You've been born again. You are now a minister of the new covenant. But thank God. <laughs> he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us. Who? Us. To spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere. That's how you to be living. Lest you think, I'll get to church if I can. I'll join on Wednesday nights if I can. I'll maybe attempt Friday nights if I can. I don't want to get too churchy. I've got things I got to do. I've got places I got to go. I've got family and friends to connect with. Hell, i got a life to live. Have at it. But it's quite interesting. When life hits you, the life that you're chasing hits you hard, you want to turn to God. All of a sudden, pray, Pastor. Pray for me, church. Oh, God, help me in my distress. And I said, Lord, thank God you're God. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, Lord, I wish you would say it like you did here. Sometimes I know he does. <laughs> no, no. Have your little gods. Have that so-called life you were chasing. Have them tend to what you need. Oh, but he's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's compassionate. But don't use that as, an, as a cop-out that he's weak. That he's flaky. That he's sensitive. <laughs> oh no. It's for your good. He listens when you cry out to him. But you understand when he moves and you see him move. And oh, praise God, God, thank you. And then just the next day, you're out back where you were. He doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. You forgot. You forgot. That's how you play him. Because that's what people in rebellion do to a holy God. To a holy God. <laughs> and then you're right there sucking it all in. Taking it all in. Watching the filth and the garbage. Conversing, talking, running amok. Because God really doesn't care. And yet somehow we strip him of his holiness from the beginning to the end of these pages. And from what I gather, he hasn't changed his character. 
I said, oh Lord, the depths of holiness that I want to go to this year. The depths of righteousness. The depths of truth. The depths of love for you. Oh, how I pray that's for you all. He leads us along in Christ. Triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere. Like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. (laughs) But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. No, we preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. That's how we're living. God is watching us. We're not preaching it, trying to make a huge ministry where we're gaining all the resources and the accolades. (laughs) No, it's all for Christ. It's all for Christ. It's all for Christ. We're called out. We're let in. I mean, do you understand this? Like the light. <laughs> Jesus came into the world, pierced the darkness, but those he came to save would love the darkness more than the light. And we think it's going to be different for us when he calls us out. And he sends us right in. Now go, spread my fragrance. Live upright amongst the wicked and perverse. They will hate you. Just by not going along with him any longer. Hold up a standard and say, no, I'm sorry. I'm living for Jesus now. I can't partake of that. You're going to get hated. You're going to get mocked. You're going to get laughed at. (laughs) Maybe that's why people don't want to grow. This comfortable Christianity, this weirdness that we're doing, you know, restructuring Christianity here in the West, stripping it down, making it nothing. (laughs) Because we all just want to be comfortable with our Jesus. And we aren't meant to be comfortable in this world. Finally, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to read through chapter 7, verse 1, the short chapters. But oh, how I pray you take these notes. Oh, how I pray you take these chapters. Oh, how I pray you sit in this. And you look into this upcoming year, you know, the Holy Spirit to have full access to your heart and to your life. And that repentance would come forth. And that a desire and a hunger and a thirst for the greater things of God and for his plan and for his purpose will be birthed. And that Jesus would be honored. The Holy Spirit would be obeyed. And that God would get all the glory.
because you were bought with a price. Chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on our behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ. Did you hear that, you all? If you're truly in Christ, clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all of this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualifications comes from God. He has enabled us. Who? He has enabled us to be ministers of the new covenant. This is the covenant not of written law, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? In the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is new is the new which will remain forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. This new way of life, you all, this life that is reborn of the Spirit of God because of Jesus' death and resurrection. We're not following the laws etched in stone any longer. Those laws are fulfilled in Christ. The new covenant has now come forth. The church is birthed. Gentiles, Jews, together as one, the people of God, which he always purposed, empowered by the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's plan and God's purpose. This is the new way. Because it gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers the mind so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by, only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with the veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of this, 
So all of us, I'm sorry, who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Are you changed into His glorious image? Are you being changed in His glorious image? Because that's the Christian life. That is the Christian life. Therefore, since God, in His mercy, has given us this new way, who gave it to us? God. We never give up. And some of you have already given up. Even now, even before the clock, clock strikes 12, you've already sat here or listened there, wherever you're at, and you've given up. <laughs> but, the true children of Understand that it was God in His mercy has given us this new way, and because of this knowledge, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the Word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we, also, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. There's your life, you all. You preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and you are the servant of others for Jesus' sake. For God who said that there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that has seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts but we ourselves are like fragile, fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Good God! What Christianity are you serving? Are you following? If your life is not this, something's wrong. Something is seriously wrong. This isn't some good book. You see, when it's not applied, it just becomes a normal book, another spiritual book. Do you understand what's being revealed? Do you understand the boldness and the encouragement that you have to live each and every single day? Do you understand what you've been entrusted with? Do you understand who came for you? Do you understand what he accomplished for you? Do you understand that because of Christ, you are right with God? And you cannot continue to run amok. In this world that is in rebellion towards his throne. 
you are a Christian if you've been born again. And so now there's a way in which you ought to be living. It's with boldness. It's with courage. It's with strength. It's with honor. It's with hope. It's with love. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. The ministers of the gospel, we will go through it. We will endure even death for the sake of you becoming saved. That's how you should be living. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God was who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. For we know that when this earthly tent will live, we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body, made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, come on, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him. <laughs> for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will receive whatever we deserve from the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. Hear that? Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. 
Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. If we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, oh God, hear this. He died for everyone. Remember, you were bought with a price. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, instead, 2024, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life, the old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this, oh my God, I don't know what scripture does for you all. And all of this, hurry this along, Rob, we're done, let's go. And all of this, we just heard, is a gift from God. Who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we, so we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Do you understand that is your life now? If you're truly a Christian, and we just thought it was about coming to church. <laughs> Praying out of, over a meal. <laughs> but do you understand how the church has been deceived over the years? Shh. All to sleep. It's for you. How are you going to get up from today? hearing all you've heard and justify it going into this new year remaining dead in your sin. I don't understand it. You can't blame anyone else. It'll be your choice. It'll be your choice to say, I don't believe. I pick and choose what I want, but I let down, down. And like, really? That's... This is it. You see, when I came to Christ, and when you come to Christ, when people come to Christ, to peddle them this weird gospel, that all this poof, your life, poof, your life is better, poof, oh, you're going to do everything for it, poof, everything. Well, I mean, think about it. All that he accomplished, all that he went through, 
so that you could be right with God, so that you would dwell for eternity with God. And we cheapen it and make him nothing. Or we've turned it into something. That's what kept me out of churches for years. Because I'm like, you don't even believe in the God in whom you say you preach. You're demanding me to change my life, but hell, have you seen yours? Like, really? I come to Jesus, Rob. You need Jesus. Come to church. Come to church. Why? What power does he have? My little gods have power. (laughs) My manifestations. You know, my trances. You know, my tarot cards, my whatever, all of that's real to me. And you want me to come to where? But then Jesus steps in, stoops down and says, come to me. What? What? Jesus, you're real. Wow, wait, wait, wait. Oh, God. Like, he's real, you all. Like, who can make this up? But everything about me, same with you, same with you. It doesn't matter your flavor of sin. Because remember, we're all sinful. Rebellion before Christ. Everything I am, I don't even know how to live for you. Oh, God, you're holy. I'm doomed. He's like, I got you. Just get up. Come with me. What? No one had to beg me to get discipled. No one had to beg me to come to church. No one had to beg me to seek him and how do I worship him and how to worship all this other stuff. Like no one had to tell me like blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. I know how I would live, but God, you, how do I live for you? Who am I now? How now then shall I live? I don't know any other way. Have you been there, y'all? And that's where you should remain. It's the same prayer I pray every day since the beginning. How do I live? How do I live now? How do I worship you even more, God? God, so more of you. I'm being in your presence. God, I see the condition of, of my loved ones. I see the condition of this world. I see death. I see torment and destruction that's coming, God. Lord, how can I just be a fragrance of Christ to others? As I'm sitting in the lady's chair today, she's cutting my hair and just have an opportunity just to talk with her. God, I just, I just want to treasure these moments and these opportunities, God. And because, Lord, you're coming. And I don't want to make light of it. I don't find it funny anymore, you all. I don't, I don't find it. I don't find it funny. I don't find your weirdness. I don't find your craziness. I don't find your trying to manipulate me even funny anymore. <laughs> so that's why, with all sincerity, I say go. Because <laughs> if you truly don't want Christ and you don't want to go deeper, that's your choice. That's fine. That's up to you and God. Yeah. But how can you read all of this? How can you how can you hear this? And then just be like, ah. 
I don't know. I go, God, like for years, I denied this for years. I trashed this for years. I cut all of this is making sense. And I'm like, what? That's the Holy Spirit. He's working in our lives. God made Christ to never sin, to be the offering of sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Chapter 6, I'm closing. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. You say, I'm not ready. I've got all this stuff. Uh Okay. You're never going to be ready. That's why you just bow your knee. Like when you when you truly when you truly understand, like I, I couldn't clean my life up. You can't clean your life up. Like you're broken. You're you're in rebellion towards a holy God, and he made provision through himself. To restore you, like he, 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 like he came and he endured. He took the wrath that's coming. Like it's stored up, you all. It's stored up. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, I don't want to believe that. Oh, we don't have to believe it. It's coming. Like what is about to hit this earth? You can't even make it up. <laughs> There's a day set aside when all of this ends. When all of this ends. <laughs> And I, over 25 some odd years, have watched incredible ministers of the gospel fall away from Christ. I mean, preaching truth one day and gone tomorrow. I'm like, what? One of my, one of my mentors from years, I said, Lord, half of these men are mentors of my life. Jesus, God Almighty. <laughs> one of my mentors. My God, I love this preacher. Lord, beginning days when you used to come over, that's who I used to worship with and listen to. And Carlton Pearson, and God bless him, he's burning in hell. And he said, you can't judge the man. Oh, I can tell you how he turned from Christ and he was unrepented. <coughs> All because his uncle died. I don't know if you remember, Bill, I went to that men's conference. I was so excited I was going to meet this mentor. I called him my mentor. I didn't know him personally, but you know, like, oh God, like Jesus just loves you so much. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm going to come to the end, y'all. But I'm sitting there and he gets on stage and I'm just like, ah, I think I was the only white man in the crowd too. I was just sitting there among my brothers in Christ. And he gets to the stage and he starts rambling. About his uncle dying. And now his death has reshaped his view of Christ. I said, what is, that? what is he saying? And all of a sudden he started saying all this crazy stuff. Uh, he's been teaching in error that there's really no hell. And all of a sudden, just like, like everything he's preached all these years, he's asking for forgiveness that he was wrong. But this is the Christ now. And this is, and just like, uh, 
I, I got up, I had to leave. I remember being in the parking lot just sobbing like, what? And this is one of many over the years. And we're seeing it even more today. Solid Christians. At one point, preaching the truth, preaching the truth. And then, whoo, like overnight. And you want to play. You want to play with darkness. You want to keep dabbling over there with it. I'm telling you, you're going to be swallowed up with the damned. Not because I say. Because he warns us. He warns us, you all. I'm like, God, no, Lord. Keep my heart, whatever it takes. God, please. God, let's keep my eyes on you. I just want to preach your truth. I don't want to add. I don't want to take away. I believe from the beginning to the end that he's God. So my love and my, and my <clears throat> desire for him is growing more and more and more and more and more and more. Even in those seasons where I'm just like, oh, God, please. I'm like, oh, no, get, better get your back up straight. <laughs> You've been through those seasons already. You've already overcame that. Get up. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You got to be about your father's business. He didn't call you out so that you can go grovel back in. And just as he does for me and he's done for many, he'll do for you. And he will sustain you and he will keep you, though all others may fall. They fell not because of Christ's doing, but because... They chose. So I don't know what you're choosing. I don't know what Christ you're choosing. But when you hear this, <laughs> verse 3, chapter 6, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. And no one will find fault with our ministry. And everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. This should be your, your words too. This should be what you're saying. This should be your truth. Well, I didn't go to seminary. Oh, I don't know that much of the word of God. Well, then learn. I'm not theologically trained. I just believe. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten. <coughs> He's writing this to the church, you all. I've been put into prison. Faced angry mobs. Worked to exhaustion. <laughs> Endured sleepless nights and gone without food. All for Christ, y'all. <laughs> and some of us can't even get up. <laughs> Jesus, merciful God. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us. And by our sincere love, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. 
We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. He's writing to the church. I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said, God's words. I will live in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Do you hear what's being announced over you? Do you hear what God is saying? Turn from your wicked ways. Acknowledge your rebellion. Ask for forgiveness. Receive Christ if you haven't received him. Be saved. Be born again. Be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You're called out to go forth for the glory of God. And finally, verse 1 of chapter 7 is where I'm ending today. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let's cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. There's your message for 2024. Go forth and fear God. Represent Him. Know Him. Love him. Remember, you were bought with a price. You don't want to live for him? Fine. But trust me, the last thing you want to do is to keep trampling his blood and making it common as if it has no power. Listen, he does a new thing. I know we look for every, you know, 365 days, we look for a new year. It's a new way. It's a new way. It's a new year. Everything's different. You don't have to wait for the new year. Each day is an opportunity to live right, to live whole, to love Christ, to love others. Because there's a way in which we're called to live, and it's for the glory of God, you all. So I do pray for us this upcoming year that we would be truly sincere about being about our Father's business, that we would truly put our hands towards building up a community Letting God do what he wants to do among us to build this, to reach out to those who are hurting, lost, and bondage to so many life addictions. And yet we're to go forth and be the fragrance of Christ among them. And for those whom the Holy Spirit's already working on, they will be quick to say, what? There's a place? Where can I go with you? How can I connect? This is what we need to do, you all. 
the hour is urgent, the days are darkening, the light of Christ is in us, and nothing, no darkness can distinguish the light. So I'm going to close us with this last song, and then I'll close us in prayer. Yeah. Yes. Um, may I read something real quick that goes right with what you're saying, and then I, if you don't mind? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. God's word holds up a mirror to show us what our spiritual life looks like. It can be painful to look in the mirror and face any physical imperfections. In the same way, it's painfully honest to look at ourselves in God's mirror, the Bible. We think if I don't look in the mirror, if I don't read the Bible. Amen. Thank you for sharing. Amen.